Welcome back to Immortal X Friends, a conversation podcast today, not about X-Men, but about the first family of comics, the Fantastic Four, written by Jonathan Hickman. I am here with the Future Foundation's number one fan, Riley Garcia. I'm Cody Ashford. Welcome. We're glad you're here. So glad you're here. <laughs> so glad you're here. It's going to be a different one. Yeah. It is. This is uh, not about X-Men. This it's not is, about uh, X-Men. This is a book that we were both really excited about. Uh, it's a book that we're very excited about. It is kind of the act one mm-hmm. of, of Jonathan Hickman's uh, Marvel works. Um, it is uh, part one. is volume one of, of his Fantastic Four Future Foundation Omnibus Collection. Yeah. Uh, this omnibus just got reprinted. Um, yeah, it, after oh years gosh, of after being years. hard to find, uh, after Cody being ready to drop about $500 for this book, I, we were able to grab a reprint. Story time. Um, I, I first read uh, Hickman's Fantastic Four in 2012, 2013 uh, for the first time. Uh, I read it all on Marvel Unlimited, a great app to go back and read through a lot of older back issues, and I loved it so much, Uh, burned through the whole thing really fast, and then was very excited at comic conventions to try and track down some trades, only to discover that they were, apparently I was not the only one that loved it, because they were all going for an extreme amount of money, Um, so I am so thankful, this has been a a decade long journey to get my hand on a physical copy of this run um, and I'm very glad to hold volume one in my hand I'm excited to see volume two which actually drops uh, this week in a couple of days recording. yeah uh, so obviously with that being said I have read this book before I have read this run um, how much of it did you remember I remembered a few bigger pieces um, there's a few moments in particular that I remembered, and it was one of those weird kind of like deja vu experiences. While I was rereading an issue, I'd be like, oh yeah, like that happens in this. But a lot of the individual beats, and especially the pacing of it, completely forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel the same way when I reread um, Hickman's Avengers. Okay, I feel like I remember so much of the, the new Avengers and mm-hmm. Illuminati stuff, but then a lot of the uh, events that happen in the main Avengers books, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess they fought the High Evolutionary. Yeah. Oh, I guess there's Zebra Boys. Like, I forget those beats. Um, and right. this felt really similar, especially <laughs> um, with some of the one-offs. But uh, yeah, so I've read this before. Um, I it, it We'll talk a bit about how it, how it holds up or what that means, but Riley, how did it hold up for for you or how was it your first experience um i really enjoyed it so this is my first reading i had no idea what was going to happen in this book um but uh maybe we should um we should dive for a moment into what we know about hickman stuff or like our our history with hickman books i think so let's also add a spoiler warning right now for for probably not for for not probably for not just fantastic four um omnibus volume one which goes up to issue uh, five of Future Foundation and issue 588 of Fantastic Four, but also general spoilers for the past 15 years of Marvel Comics. Yeah, especially um, we'll all of Jonathan, Jonathan Dickman's Dickman stuff. Work on both X-Men and Avengers. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. because there's some elements of that too in mm-hmm. this. 
So I should probably begin by talking about how I kind of fall in with all of Hickman's stuff to just kind of give some context. So um, the, the very first thing that I read, I, I grew up around like old comics from the 80s and stuff, but I, I was Your not dad's a comic a collector. book reader. He is, yeah. or used to used be. To be. Um, so I have tons of single issues of things back at my parents' house, but um, I have not been a long um, a comics reader, especially in this like modern era of comics. So um, the very first thing that I read was Hickman's Avengers. Um, we had a conversation about it. You're like, oh, hey, uh, I, there's this there's this book that was super cool and like dimension or like the universes are colliding was, with each other. It was right and, before Endgame came out. I think so. I think that's when it was. I think mm -hmm. Endgame was coming out and we were talking about it because you, you started, Riley and I started working together the August after Infinity War came out. I think so. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. And then we started talking. The Endgame trailer came out. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you like the Black Order? You like Thanos? Read this. Yeah, and yeah. I think that was kind of the gateway to all of this. Yeah. Um, so I have read Hickman's Avengers. Huge fan of it. I've now reread it, I think, two more times since then. Yeah. Um, I guess I was just blown away by the sense of scope and scale. You know, much of what I read uh, as a kid was just flipping through, you know, three issue story arcs or something, you know, and the idea that there were, you know, story arcs that existed that were multiple years Across in the making. Five volumes. Yeah. yeah. And, like the, the sense of scale of Hickman's Avengers was, you know, mind blowing to me that this kind of existed. It was like seasons of television or something mm -hmm. in... In, um, in comics instead. So, read Hickman's, Hickman's Avengers all the way through Secret Wars and loved it so much. And then started reading into Hickman's X-Men stuff and, and all of the things that we chat about on this podcast. Um, even went off and read his other stuff, read East of West and also loved that. So I, I guess at this point, you know, everything that I've read of Hickman's, I've been a pretty massive fan of. Um, but knowing that Fantastic Four was out there, um, but pretty difficult to find if you're not trying to read it digitally, um, this knowing that this omnibus was getting reprinted, this whole story was going to be accessible um, in in a physical format for the first time yeah. um, since I've been aware of its existence um, was you know there was a there was a big sense of anticipation for this particular book coming out. Um, and I know that even though, you know, maybe some of these plot points don't directly push themselves right into Hickman's Avengers or anything like that, there are certainly things that were planted in Fantastic Four that kind of carry over in a way. Um, I was very excited to kind of go back to the very beginning of Hickman's Marvel stuff, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and kind of see what blanks needed to be filled in. Um, so I don't know anything about this run. Um, I don't know how this is going to end. I'm very much looking forward to the second volume coming out next week because, you know, not only will I be able to see which how these things get resolved and how this wraps up, but also how this leads into Hickman's Avengers, which at this point I know decently well. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think what's so exciting about this is the uh, the Reed Richards from this is is the reed richards that continues on directly into mm -hmm. new avengers like there's not even really a lot of overlap it kind of goes straight into that yeah and so i think that's part of what makes it so fun is we're, we're seeing that growth mm -hmm. to and, and i'm very excited for you to see the end of part two uh because the next time we see him is pretty much 
him sitting down with the Illuminati saying time is running out, mm-hmm. worlds are dying, everything's yeah. going to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to see the beginning of that here. So honestly, Riley, like what you're describing at a really, it was, it was a decade ago, or not even, it was, it was about seven years ago, but it was, it was a really similar relationship to, to Hickman with what you're describing where I had discovered during New Avengers, I read that, loved it, loved secret wars and then when secret wars was ending i was like oh man like i want to read this guy's other work so i think we each came to this fantastic four just me earlier but came to it the same way mm-hmm. where like we had read his avengers run and then wanted to see what happened with with these other characters that are, are still pretty prominent yeah throughout avengers and secret wars mm-hmm. um so i was yeah excited to revisit it i think it does a lot i think it is um it's extremely high sci-fi yeah and in a bit more of a i don't know a somewhat sillier way sometimes it definitely feels lighter it feels a lot lighter Mm -hmm. than than avengers starts to feel and even how x-men feels like there's not nearly that same type of like everything i'm reading is important yeah weight to Mm -hmm. it but at the same time there is this really fun balance of like scope the same kind of scope that you experience and stuff like the Avengers and new Avengers stuff. Um, right off the bat, you, you get this first prelude into Reed building what he calls the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you lead that through into the council of reads, which is this multiversal read from all these different all over, universes yeah. coming together. And so even though it doesn't have the same kind of grandiose, like, galactic, huge thing, there is still some of these ideas oh, that yeah. are just so massive. His first few issues are still dealing with the ramifications of the multiverse mm-hmm. and are still dealing with the idea of Marvel existing outside of itself right. while it's still dealing with the fact that now Norman Osborn is in charge because this right. happened during the Dark Reign event. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's really exciting. I definitely found myself like peering through the, um, the multiverse pages and trying to see if anything else that he did was referenced. Yeah. Um, it definitely looks like there's some stuff with the, with the Beyonders mm-hmm. that he's starting to hint at already. Yeah. Um, but also there are definitely some Krakoa hints yeah which were extremely exciting and i'm very curious uh i think it's in about issue three or four that uh charles xavier's brain is essentially um in a cree great intelligence Mm -hmm. collective and there are hundreds of venom wolverines yeah crawling on top of him and xavier's talking about like how societies fail and nations fall and reading that especially you know weeks after inferno had ended and we were anticipating immortal x-men was was a bit of a trip and 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 just that appreciation for him and the long game and really getting to see someone's ideas evolve uh, i thought was really special Mm -hmm. and he is he's even gone on the record to say like if you want to track my progress as a creator like it's really easy to do because almost everything i've written has been printed Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of other artists that can say that yeah but i really do think that it's neat seeing him evolve right and seeing ideas evolve i think his scripts getting tighter mm-hmm. as well um because there's a few issues in here that are 
there were ones where it's like if I saw that I was coming up like the arcade issue mm-hmm. for instance or some of the others where I'm like ah this might be a bit more of a one-off that I would I would pass on reading until the next morning right um, but then you get into the stuff of the the five cities going yeah. to war and Franklin and Valeria in the future with with Nathaniel mm-hmm. and it's just you're like oh yeah like this this guy he's he's been it's been batting pretty consistently for a very long time. Yeah, I really appreciate it, especially that at, at least as you start working your way through some of these issues that Franklin and Val like are central characters that, you know, the whole family unit is so heavily uh, referenced and so heavily um, put out by Hickman in these in these issues. But at the beginning of these issues, Franklin and Val are just doing normal kid things, you know, and that it's not blatantly obvious of what they're capable of, at least until you start diving deeper into the books. Um, It was fun knowing that, you know, Franklin and Val have a huge role to play in future Hickman stuff and seeing that this is kind of where they're starting, that at much of this Reed at least is not aware of the fact that Valeria is already smarter than him yeah. and stuff like that. It's it's just very fun seeing where these these small beginnings are going to grow. Um, big things have small beginnings, as referenced in the greatest film of all time, Prometheus. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the last episode of our podcast. <laughs> I'm getting kicked out of your house. Right <laughs> but, um, but I completely agree, and I what I appreciate about Hickman so much is he often gets accused of writing all of his characters the same. Mm. Like, especially when it you have these these world leaders, these societal leaders, these gods, these titans talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is one of the greatest pieces showing that, no, he has diversity, he has mm-hmm. variety. And um, I love I love the kids in this. Yeah, I think they are, they are so strong. I think they're so well-written. Mm-hmm. I think the family dynamic with the kids especially is really special. It's it's books. it's really special and I think it's a standout. I think the friendship between uh, Franklin and Leech is mm-hmm. a standout and their relationship with Johnny, um, the interactions and the the subtle jealousy between uh, Franklin when his dad wants to spend more time with Valeria because mm-hmm. of relating more. It's they do a lot of really neat things while still not not being afraid of having fun, yeah. which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so many of these points are fun. Um, the Council of Reeds having to fight Celestials is yeah. just, you know, it, it, that is such a huge idea, and it, it's just so fun to see all of these different versions of Reed. And you can just spend um, so much time on those panels, too, mm-hmm. looking at all of the different versions and realizing, oh, this Reed is a star brand. Right. This Reed mm-hmm. it got things powers, and... Yeah, it's it's so fun. Um, the way that some of these issues are laid out as, you know, I really appreciated this, this major first arc, especially as Reed has this desire that he wants to solve everything, mm-hmm. okay? And then you have these flashback panels where he is a young kid and he's hanging out with his dad and his dad is teaching him some lessons, you know? And, uh, the central conflict of this first arc being you can solve everything like you can do it you can join this council that you can do all of this good and make all these changes in the universe and things but it'll cost you your family you know and for a moment he seems to consider this 
And then we, we have a conversation with young child Reed with his father, where his father basically says, you know, your brilliant mind without your heart means nothing. And ultimately we have Reed choose his family over, you know, being this multiversal genius who solves everything. And I think it's, it kind of reinforces that whole family element that's really special to this book, especially. Um, I really love the themes that interweave with some of those those choices that he makes. I think so, and I'm trying to remember. I don't want to give away anything from volume two, but obviously there's a theme in this of like, and I even think one of the arcs is called like, every boy deserves a father, mm -hmm. right? And talking about the fact that Franklin's obviously that boy, mm -hmm. but Reed was that boy too. And, yeah. and Reed's dad got taken away very early. Yeah. Um, there's... I've, I've read the... This sounds really weird, and I didn't realize it until I was midway through. I read the second half of Hickman's Shield Run mm -hmm. um, unintentionally, and uh, Nathaniel Richards is very prominent in that. Mm -hmm. And so it was interesting, and I just finished that about a week before I started reading this. Mm -hmm. And so going from that to this and realizing, okay, this is kind of what was going on yeah. with that character... Uh, give me a bit more of an appreciation. I, I know there's more to do with all of that in the second half, uh, so I'm excited to see where this picks up. Yeah. Um, another thing I think was it was really fun, a, a standout moment in the first arc for me was, you know, as Reed is hanging out with his his others from the other universes and stuff, they're, they're doing all this good, creating planets of, of food and resources for others who need it. Um, to show Reed the good of things, but then they also have to show him the bad, you know, the hard choices that have to be made sometimes, and essentially show Reed this chamber full of of dooms that have, you know, all these dooms from different universes that have had his wings clipped basically and mm -hmm. has uh, has been locked away. Um, and something that I I really appreciated a moment of dialogue where one of the leaders of the council basically tells Reed as you know Reed is in shock at seeing uh, a room a basement essentially uh, full of of dooms um, you know Reed is shocked and this is wrong how could you do this kind of thing and uh, an elder Reed says you don't know it yet but there's no greater universal threat than doom his appetite is unmatched he will never break he will never yield and knowing what happens through the events of Hickman's Avengers, New Avengers, and ultimately through Secret Wars, like that at this moment is just a like, oh yeah, Doom, he's like a bad dude. Yeah. You know, he's like a villain and he's really smart and powerful and all that stuff. But knowing exactly where Hickman is gonna go with the character of Doctor Doom adds a weight that you might not have felt when reading this issue as it was released yeah. back in 2000 and whatever year the the doom part of it stuck with me too and what also really stuck with me was that without doom like the universes do end mm -hmm. like they they didn't save them doom right. was the one he mm -hmm. just did it as a tyrant and so yeah. seeing how even like the the multiversal council of reeds who thought they were doing the right thing was wrong mm -hmm. is is very very cool and obviously at the end of this volume during future foundation you see reed choose to not enslave the doom of his world but mm -hmm. instead actually give him his mind back yeah and i thought that that was a really powerful moment of just kind of setting 
this read apart from the rest of the council and showing that this is a guy who is trying to to make things right for his family and for his world yeah and obviously the the council of reeds that that kind of ends up being our our main villain Mm -hmm. near the end of this this arc the survivors of that Mm -hmm. mistake of his yeah and you know as as a person who has not read this fantastic four run before that is something that i'm really interested in seeing for in in the second volume like i really don't know where this is going to go yeah i have ideas of things that would be really cool to see you know there are some plot points that happen in this in these issues with galactus um the silver surfer is involved in a few of these episodes in these episodes in these Mm -hmm. issues but also the inhumans are going to be a really big deal namor has been around taking part in some stuff with susan storm um a lot of this stuff has been has been really cool and i'm excited to see where some of these these plots wrap up or continue um, because I just I don't know where this is gonna go. What I think I realized when rereading it this time that I didn't because this was when I read this I'd always been familiar with Fantastic Four. I inherited a lot of comics from my uncle, and he had a lot of old Fantastic Four books. And what I've appreciated about what Hickman does, and I feel like Bendis did this really well too, is he takes their rose gallery mm-hmm. he takes their peripheral characters but then reinvents them for the yeah. modern era and i especially feel like with the five city stuff that's going on with the council of reeds with the 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 negative zone and how annihilus is being treated it's exactly that it's mm-hmm. hickman he's like hey this is why the fantastic four is cool let's remind you about it yeah let's bring these characters to the forefront let's just reinvent them and expand them mm-hmm. so you don't just have the inhumans which were always fantastic four villains or anti-heroes but now you have the inhumans and the expanded races of the inhumans right you have the high evolutionary with the mole man you have all of these different elements that are now being like not just atlantis but old atlantis so he's like revisiting all of these classic themes of fantastic mm-hmm. four but painting them in a new light that I think adds a lot of weight um, to that. Like, it's clear he does the same thing with X-Men. Like, you revisit characters and heroes and moments, but just through the new lens of of the societies that he's talking about. Yeah, I love some of these choices. Um, Now, we should probably bring up one more massive plot point to these Fantastic Four books, and that is the death of Johnny Storm. Yeah. This is a massive thing to the Fantastic Four that breaks the family element that they're used to, that completely shatters some of our characters. And this is not quite, but almost how this this first volume ends. Um, So we don't, at least I haven't, as a new reader, have seen where these ripples are going to go. But this is one of the largest climaxes of this story so far so um we would be remiss if we didn't kind of take a moment to acknowledge the the end of the fantastic four books and the beginning of of the future foundation Foundation books um what were some of your um what did you remember about the death of johnny storm and what are some of the things that you took away from that issue so it's really hard and this is why especially comics advertising sucks because 
I knew, and you knew too, that mm-hmm. this is the book where Johnny Storm dies well before reading it. Right. So I remember Chris Evans had just been announced that he was going to be Captain America. And about a, two weeks later, it was announced that Johnny Storm was dying in the Fantastic Four book. Mm-hmm. And the internet's so stupid and pop culture reporting is so dumb. But And, and obviously we are making a podcast about all of that. But like, I remember people being like, "Oh man, like that's 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 why he was dying, mm-hmm. because you can't have the same actor being both." Yeah. And now they can have the Fantastic Four without him, and just any amount of credence given to that, you know, has not aged well. Mm-hmm. Ten plus years later, but um, so I remember going into this and reading it, and then realizing, "Oh, hey, like it's it's gonna happen." Um, and I, I, I think it works really well. I think those issues are when the book really goes from like, I'm reading this and I'm enjoying it. So like, I can't put it down. Yeah. Once um, Susan is in Atlantis where things are falling apart, Reed is on New Earth while things are falling apart, the kids and bit like everyone is separated mm-hmm. and it's really good. And I just, Ben has the serum where he's able to be human for a week. And it's just like, it's just, it, I think they do it really well. And I think Hickman does those types of intense moments Mm -hmm. across his books really well. Yeah. I think he does really similar things in East of West, in uh, Time Runs Out, in X-Men, where because of choices characters made and all of these threads that he's been hinting at in the one-offs, like everything came to head in Inferno. Mm-hmm. You saw how horticulture tied in. You saw how the the monkey people tied. Like you saw all of those things. I felt the same thing here. Right. And then what makes me excited about that though is like that that was only pretty much the end of Act One. Like sure. it's the climax of that, but it's just leading into this new phase. Yeah. Sure. What for about me, you? I think um, you know for me, uh, I knew that Fantastic Four existed. Like I said, that it was a, a blank spot in my. Um, Hickman, in my Hickman, reading order, yeah, yeah, that I needed to read it, um, and ultimately the death of Johnny Storm was like the worst kept secret in the world. Um, yeah, I ended up purchasing the direct market cover of this omnibus, which shows the three surviving members holding each other. So right from the cover images, you just know that something is going to happen. So it, it was just one of those things where I kind of like, even though I hadn't been explicitly told that you know the the human torch was going to be killed in this um in this run it was not something that was unexpected when it came so i think the biggest thing is that i wasn't shocked by it happening but really kind of touched by the way that it was handled um i think when it comes down to knowing all of hickman's Marvel run and reading all of his stuff there will be certain issues and things that stand out as being the biggest moments or the ones that are most impactful Um, and I think that this issue is going to be one of the ones that sticks out for me and I think the reason why is um, the choice to not have very much dialogue through the entire issue yeah that you don't need it and I appreciate that because I feel like just seeing how the characters are responding and acting and and how they feel just by their expressions is a really cool way of doing this character justice. Mm -hmm. Um, I really especially love um, 
you know, it's not often, you know, I'll be captivated by what I'm reading. I'll be very interested in it, but it's, it's not very often where like my entire emotions are, are woven into what is happening in these issues. But I will say that, um, there are several issues or several pages rather where, um, Ben is in the middle of the desert with, um, with Donald Blake, um, Thor's alter ego yeah. and with, um, with Bruce Banner and they have a couple of pages where they as you know the strongest beings in the Marvel Universe or whatever um, they give Ben the opportunity to get his emotions out to process his anger and his grief um, essentially like it, it begins as a like they're they're trying to start a fight with Ben Grimm in the middle of the desert and you don't really understand what's happening until you see these moments where Ben is just punching the crap out of the Hulk who we know can take it and ultimately ends up collapsing in his arms. I thought it was just a really special way of allowing Ben to process his grief or at least express his grief yeah. um, in a way that's that's safe. You know, he would destroy New York City or whatever if he, you know, whatever. But I thought it was a really tasteful way of doing this issue. And I think it's ultimately going to end up standing out to me down the road. A moment of that same issue that really stands out to me that I loved rereading and and I think is just so sentimental is the conversation between uh, Spider-Man and Franklin Mm -hmm. uh, talking about losing their uncles and what that meant to them. Uh, And I think those are the moments where I, I think it just excels and I think it shows the heart that's available in Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not always available when you have the characters of the Avengers or even the X-Men um, in the way that they're currently written, that it, it allows for that sentimentality, it allows for that moment, and it allows us to, I think, really touch on the the heart just of these characters and of this universe and in the moments where we do keep coming back. Yeah. This was up there, that conversation with... Um, Thor no longer being able to pick up the hammer because mm-hmm. he's worthy again. Yeah. And just that like, wow, this this does it. This this is this is really strong. Yeah. So as um as we look forward to the second volume coming in the mail in the next week or so, yeah. um I'm really excited to see, you know, the the future and foundation uh, issues that come next, how the death of Human Torch is being felt by all of these characters, where that goes. You know, of course, where is the conflict with the Inhumans going to go? What's happening with Namor? What's happening with Doom and this new allegiance that they formed? Like all of these things are really great, um, but I'm really anticipating um, some of the, the the ripples that are going to be felt by these characters as um, as we know Spider Man comes in and, and yeah. sort of fills the fills Johnny a Storm seat. Rule. Yeah, um, but there have been moments in the first several issues where they don't want. Spider-Man to sit in Johnny's chair and, and stuff like that. You know, I'm excited yeah, to see how talk these... to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, as we know, when you lose a member of a family, it's a massive thing that it, it's not just something that you, you get over mm-hmm. overnight, that there are lasting repercussions and ripples to how you feel and how you deal with it. So I'm excited to see how the characters are going to evolve or change as they have to come to grips with this massive event that happened in their lives. So, Well, I'm excited for you to see that change, and I'm excited to remember <laughs> what happens in part two. So yeah. mm-hmm. I guess that is where 
Um, we will end right now. This conversation is not done. Uh, we will pick this back up with, with part two, with volume two of Hickman's Fantastic Four, uh, probably in a few weeks after yeah. we both get a chance to sit down and read it. Uh, yeah, any, any closing thoughts? These books are great. They're such a fun read, and they are already going out of print. So if you <laughs> if you think that you might be interested in picking up a Fantastic Four uh, omnibus, you should Do definitely get into that because these are already getting hard to find again. So um, read these. They're really great stories. Hopefully they'll captivate you the way that they captivate us. Um, yeah, enjoy. All right. And with that being said, um, we'll see you enjoy. back here for volume two discussion in several weeks time after yeah. we've been able to pick our way through. Read comics. Bye. <laughs>